I tell you that that God. Oh shoot! Uh, but God is was moving and is continuing to move um, through tag and um, through these students, and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, but before I start, I want to give a little bit of honor where honor is due. Um, Pastor Ross, I just want to thank you so much um, just for bringing me aboard and uh, for trusting me and um, for just believing in me and um, allowing me to partner with what you have going on here. Um, it's actually really cool. Pastor Ross, um, if for those of you that don't know, he was the worship pastor um, at the church that I went to in Colorado Springs called New Life Church for a really long time. And it was a church that I really grew up in. And so... Um, there was this one night, I think it was a worship night, and it was one of those things that parents, if you're in the room, um, you can probably relate to this, where if uh, you're bringing your kids into the service, you allow them to have toys, and you allow them to have like maybe a coloring book or something, and just so that they, they aren't distracting during worship. Well, um, my parents would allow me to bring the stuff, but whenever we actually got to worship or, and when I wanted to play or I wanted to color, they were like, no, stop that. You're going to worship. You know, you have to. Um, it was one of those deals, but anyways, so it's in the middle of worship, and um, Pastor Ross stops the song, and he says, um, I just feel like there's somebody in the room that has um, a respiratory issue or a breathing issue, and I believe that God wants to heal them tonight, um, and what he didn't know was that as an eight-year-old all of my life, I had really struggled with asthma, like waking up in the middle of the night, like feeling like I'm suffocating. I had been hospitalized a couple times for different respiratory issues. And as soon as he said that, I remember I was kind of, you know, my parents were making me worship, so I think I lifted my hands or something. Um, but I, I remember feeling this fire in my lungs and in my chest and in my throat, and um, it was God healing me at that moment. And um, to this day, I've never had another respiratory issue. I am completely healed of asthma. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's... <laughs> yeah, and, pa and I just told Pastor Ross this like two, three nights ago, and so, I think, yeah, and so, um, but I, we're just so lucky at One Chapel to be under um, and submitted to a man who's just such a vessel of the Lord, and one of the coolest things that I think is that he's the same person on stage as he is at, at his house, you know, having dinner, and I think that it's just really cool to see someone that authentic, um, and so thank you so much, Pastor Ross, but, um, yeah, so... Like Pastor Ross said, I'm new, okay, and so we just had tag camp last week, and so it was kind of my first tag experience, and um, what I walked into was the, the other leaders, so Shana, Misty, Madison, all the other leaders are the most competitive people on the face of the planet, okay, and so as a newcomer, you think that they would welcome me in and show me the ropes of camp, no, none of that, and so at camp, there's these, uh, you win points by doing different objectives and different games, and um, at the end of the week, there's a winner, right? And so I would like to apologize to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because um, that was our team, because I was behind the curve, and uh, we just failed miserably, and we came in last place. But that's okay, next year, I'm calling it right now, we're going to win. Um, but one of the things, this was really funny, so I had heard about this thing called SmackDown, right? And what SmackDown is in my head is a arena with fake wrestlers in tight underwear smacking chairs across each other's backs. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking that's probably not it. But thank God, no, no reason to be worried. We didn't do that. Um, but what we did was is there was a big field, okay, imagine with me, 
Um, and all the teams would line up on the outside of the field. And in the middle, there is these sandwich baggies full of um, color paint, okay? And there's uh, shaving cream, and there's water balloons, okay? And so when the guy in the middle with the megaphone says go, it is chaos. Everybody runs in there. It's supposed to be a good time. Open up the bags, you know, get each other with paint, um, with this, this powder stuff. Um, but I think that that thought sounds good in your head. It sounds fun and harmless. But for me, it turned into a moment of absolute panic. So, um, so what happened was is we're all lined up on the side. Zach says, ready, set, go. So we run in there. And it, it looked a little bit something like this. And if, if you are on Instagram or Facebook, there's a video of the, this, this scene. But what happens is we all run in the middle, and we're all happy, and, you know, ha, 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 ha. And then as everyone simultaneously grabs the bags and throws them on each other, there's this huge cloud. I mean, massive cloud of this powder paint. And um, it kind of stuck around for a while, so it became suffocating. So it went a little something like this. You know, you're running in, ha, ha, ha. <coughs> My eyes, my, like, it was, I felt like, I don't know, that we were getting gassed or something, or I was going <laughs> to die of, you know, suffocating. <laughs> so, next year, I'm prepared. Watch out. My team's going to win. Calling it from the stage right now. You heard me. Okay. Um, but, man, the, the week was amazing, um, despite the loss. But the week was amazing because, as an outsider, one of the things that I noticed was that this youth group... And this culture in the youth group is such a culture of worship. And, like, something that I have never seen before at this age group, like, these kids run up to the front, and they press in, and they seek the face of Jesus. And I think that there's something so beautiful about that because I think that they understand that there's something that happens, right? There, there's a shift that happens when you are pressing in and seeking the presence of the Lord. The, the title of the, the, conference, or the, the camp was face-to-face. And um, I think that these kids knew how to seek the face of Jesus. And I think that it's so beautiful to have those encounters. And on each night of worship and in the morning services, it was such so amazing to watch these students. And you heard some of the testimonies of just Jesus just coming down and, and visiting them and giving them a genuine love encounter. And that is something that I, that I believe and, and I want to continue having to define the, the tag student ministries as a place where people can encounter the presence of God and have that genuine love encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, because I think that is in anyone's Christian walk, especially students, but for everyone, that is something that needs to be at the forefront. Because as much fun as we can have playing Jigglepuff or Jigapuff or SmackDown, or as good as the musicians are, what changes people is not that. It's the presence of the Lord. And so that is something that I want to, to, to continue to define tag student ministries. But I don't want it to stop there. So, um, like I said, I just graduated from ORU in May, and it was awesome. And one of the things that I, I got to be a part of was um, our missions department. And basically... Um, Going into, like, so the summer going into senior year, I led a trip of uh, nine other college students to Zambia for a month. And Zambia is a very interesting, Zambia is in Africa. I think, I, I didn't know that, I don't think, before I went. But anyways, um, but what's super interesting about Zambia is a little bit of a history lesson. So there was a man named David Livingston who was a missionary there um, generations and generations ago. And he came, and he um, did a really good job of evangelizing, honestly. 
he, um, I think there was genuine encounters with these, these people had with God. But what happened was generations have passed since his death, and there's been no one to come alongside and disciple. So these encounters became something that was unhealthy. So it would look a little bit something like this. Um, we would go hut to hut every day, and we would sit down with people, and we'd just kind of talk to them, and we'd ask them, okay, like, are you a Christian? And they say, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, what, you know, what church you go to? And there's like a bazillion denominations. And so they say a denomination, and you're like, oh, cool. Okay, well, do you know Jesus? And they're like, Jesus? No, I've never heard of him. And then you say, like, okay, well, maybe they just don't know the name. Do they know, you know, Adam and Eve? And still nothing. They have no idea. And then we explain the story, and they still have no idea. But what happens is the encounter can't just be, that's not enough, right? We have to take it deeper. We have to take it into discipleship. And the encounter has to turn into something that changes your identity, right? Um, And I think that for students, and honestly for all of culture today, there is, um, culture just tries to define that what we do dictates who we are. Right. So for an example, um, so for me, I'm, I was glad to move to Texas because um, I played football my whole life. And this is te- football is a religion here. Right. <laughs> so um, I still love football, but I grew up my whole life playing football. I worked really hard in middle school and in high school. And in, in those days, um, that's when it, honestly the, the game became my identity. And being on this side of it, it's like, man, I was so stupid. But the game became my identity. And so long story short, I got a scholarship to play at a school in Chicago. I played for two seasons. Then I broke my ankle really bad and couldn't play anymore. And I remember sitting there thinking after I broke my leg, like, who am I? Like, before, all I wanted people to know was, like, hi, I'm Jansen Riles. I'm a football player. Hi, I'm Jansen Riles. I'm a football player. Not knowing that that kind of is a negative connotation. But um, that's, like, what I wanted people to know. And then when that was taken away from me, I was like, who am I? But let me tell you, there's good news because I'm not Jansen Riles, the football player. I'm not Jansen Riles, the pastor. I'm not Jansen Riles, the brother, right? We, if you accept Jesus, you are a son and a daughter of God, right? We are in God's family. So that is the identity. And out of that place of identity becomes so much peace, so much contentment, so much. There's not this striving, this spiritual slavery sometimes that I feel like we get in when we don't understand who we are, we, we feel like what we do uh, dictates how, where we stand with the Father sometimes. And so what I want to continue just to, to pour into these students is just that, hey, you are not a football player. You are not a chess player. You are not a musician. You are a son and daughter of God. Like, that's who you are. That is your identity. No matter if you sit on a couch and eat potato chips for the rest of your life, right, that is you. That doesn't take away from the fact that you are a son, right? You are valuable. You are, uh, have purpose because you are a son, and that's how God created you, right? Um, and so if you don't believe that, great. Let me show you in the Bible. Um, so if you would with me, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, and we are going to start in verse 15. <clears throat> so verse 15 says, but what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom, 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Amen. That is a great scripture. But um, what I want to remind you of is that earlier in the gospel, uh, Jesus calls Simon, right? And so Simon was the name that he had been given by his, his family. But Jesus looks at him and says, you are Peter. And Peter means rock. But what's funny about that is it, he just told Peter, like, on this rock, I will build my church. But if we go down a few verses to verse 21, it says, from that time on, uh, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. See, I think when God, when Jesus looked at Peter in the beginning, and even Peter here, he, he saw he was Simon, but he called him rock. But Peter was anything but a rock. He literally just called him Get behind me, Satan, right? But I think that God sees us where we can be, not where we are now. Like our identity is not who we are right now, other than that we're a son. But, but God sees us with potential. God sees us where we can be, where we will be. Um, and so, man, out of that will come this overflow of, of service and of this overflow of, of, of serving and um, just to wrap up, I want to read one scripture. Matthew 5, starting in verse 13. This is the Sermon on the Mount. It will go down in history as the best sermon ever. Um, but this is a f- familiar passage. Verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it m- be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives life to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father. The, the, one, the one quick thing that I want to point out about that, salt and light, that's not a compliment. He's not just saying, oh, you're the, just the salt of the earth, right? That's a charge. So out of our identity of understanding that we are the light, a light bulb does not just stay, the light does not just stay inside the light bulb, right? We are the light of the world to shine. And so if our students, if our, it, honestly, also, it's not just for students, right? God's purpose for our life does not end at a certain age. It doesn't end till he calls us home. And so I just want to encourage you all that God is not finished with you yet and that you are still a light and you can still affect um, the marketplace or wherever God has you. You, you, He's not finished with you. So I just encourage you to continue to press in and continue to to abide in Christ and he will reveal to you. um, He's the lamp unto our our steps. So he will reveal to you you the purpose that he has for you. and so to close, I just want to pray. And if you guys will pray with me, I think there's people in the audience that maybe feel like um, their, their season is over or their season can't start yet. But I'm telling you the time is now and God wants to use you now. So if you pray with me. Jesus, we love you so much. Lord, we worship you. Jesus, I pray for 
everyone under the sound of my voice, whether they're a student, whether they're an adult, God, whether um, they're married or single, Lord, we thank you so much that you have given us identity, God, that you encounter us, Lord, and that you have given us an assignment and purpose. Jesus, we love you so much. God, we ask that you would just reveal that to us. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would be our guide. We love you so much. Amen.